show. I'm happy to have Christian Hansen. He's the founder of Slow Jeans. They make you custom jeans on demand. And what happened during launch day, Christian, when you first put the product out? The launch day was a mess, as I'm sure a lot of startups probably experienced. But we, we gained a ton of momentum and traffic on TikTok over about six months prior to launch. We had been building this huge community of people, this massive email list, and it had all been about this one day. And we, the night before, had just come in from North America, uh, sorry, to come back to North America from Italy, uh, where our manufacturing facility was. We had missed our flight the day before. Everything that could have gone wrong had gone wrong leading up to the day before launch. We finally got into, you know, headquarters, ready to pull the all-nighter to get it together. We did it. Got everything done, the entire checklist, just one thing after the other. And we launched officially 10 a.m. Eastern time on the 8th or the 9th of September of last year. And within 30 seconds of Cypro. And we had this massive amount of people that were hitting us on our emails. We had one customer support guy. He was getting 100 emails a minute. And it just absolutely imploded on itself. But at the end of the day, we got things back on track. We extended the launch. It was supposed to be 24 hours only. We extended out a couple of days and it ended up being a huge success. But those were probably the most stressful 30 minutes of my entire life. Yeah, I'm sure it was. It's good that it came out and it ended up being more exclusive, right? Because couldn't even get into the website. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I think a lot of people did. They missed the boat the first time and it frustrated them. And as a result, the second launch was probably even more successful than it should have been just because there's so many people that were ready just in case it happened again. And it actually did happen the second time, but a little bit worse the first time. It's a good problem to have where you have so many people wanting to buy your product on launch that you site crashes. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's a problem that previously and previous startups I would have dreamed about. It's like that entrepreneur thing, right? Where in the moment you're like, oh, my next startup, hopefully we have that like quintessential Microsoft moment or something you hear about. And, but when it finally happens, you're like, oh my God, this is stressful. This is, this is awful. But at the end of the day, we look back now and we laugh. It, it was a great part of who we became and becoming really strong with our community. Cause I think community is really what changes everything for us. Our entire brand is based on our community's feedback. Our product is based on our community. And so they went through it with us and that was really important. What was it about this startup you think that made it just have such instant success? It was, it was a lot of years of doing things wrong to create that instant success. It, it went viral overnight based on a lot of years of learning things. And so it, it really turned into just a community project that previously it had always been fashion is very usually most big brands. It's a very one dimensional conversation. A brand says, here's our collection. This is what you want. Look at the celebrity that we've hired. Of course you want this and it's never a, what do you want? What do you want us to make as a brand? And there's, isn't really a feedback loop in most consumer products, which is hilarious because they are consumer products. And so the thing that really differentiated us from everyone else was we had just a website that was a form. It was just a Google form. Tell me what you want me to make. Tell me what's wrong with your jeans. Tell me what's wrong with fashion. And in our first three months, we had 700,000 form submissions. That's a massive number. <laughs> More data than anyone needs on people's clothes. At the end of the day, yeah, it was huge. So what was it you were doing leading up to this that was getting the community so engaged. How do you get 700,000 people to fill in the floor? I accidentally bought a pair of women's jeans 
That is essentially, in a nutshell, the whole story is the craziest thing. In the middle of COVID, there was no changing rooms. You couldn't try things. You had to buy things. And I went to a thrift shop in Montreal and I was looking for some jeans. I was very broke at the time working on another startup. And I was thinking, okay, this is it. This is going to be my tech startup. This is the thing. As a lot of serial entrepreneurs, I'm sure have experienced you have one project to the next. And I'm looking for my $5 jeans out of the discount bin at the thrift shop. And I'm a big guy, I'm 6'3", and so usually if I find jeans that look like they fit me in length, they're always men's jeans. I pick them up, I check out, I go home. The next day I put them on, I'm walking to the train station. I'm trying to put my phone in my pocket and there are no pockets. I'm like, what is this? These are, this is horrible. And I'm so frustrated in the moment. It's snowing. I don't even know who to talk to. I have probably 40 followers at the time. I'm like, I'm going to make a TikTok. I don't know why I'm going to make a TikTok, but I'm going to make a TikTok about this to see if this is what women live with. And I made that TikTok. I posted that TikTok. I got on the train. I rode it about four stops. And by the time I had gotten off that train, I had about 400,000 views. And I was like, I have 40 followers. This doesn't happen. Thousands of women coming into the comments saying, yes, this is what we deal with. And it's awful. And we hate it. And we don't want it. We want pockets. And I was already in the fashion world at the time. And I had some connections. And I figured, you know what? If this is a problem, we can solve this problem really easily. And so I made a video after that. I said, do you want me to make pockets on jeans? I can do that. It's a really simple fix. If you want that, fill in this form and tell me. And that was the birth of basically slow. And so that whole system. Yeah, it almost now looking back, it almost seems like such a no brainer because I hear it all the time, right? From the woman in my life, uh, can you my phone in your pocket for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's so, some people think it's a big conspiracy from the handbag industry. They're like, we got to keep the women's pockets small. So they buy handbags. So this TikTok goes viral and you're like, okay, guess I got to work my entrepreneurial spirit here and make a business around it. Yeah, pretty much. It really dawned on me this one night. It was like, you know what? I could use this as a huge cash grab and do this once and make these jeans once and have my 15 minutes of fame and probably be done with it. Or we could build something really great and we could actually try and make a difference in this industry that actually is a part of everyone's life and try and do. I'm a huge tree hugger. And so it was a big thing. I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. And I sat there and I thought, I don't want this to feel like a cash grab. I don't want this to be 15 minutes of fame. I want to build a brand and I want to build a brand that changes the way that people interpret fashion and the way that they interpret clothing. And fast fashion has such a grip on the industry. It was like, okay, we need to be the antithesis, which is why we named ourselves slow. But yeah, it changed everything in that moment. And from that moment, it was like, no, this is the startup. And we're going to do this right. We're going to put together a team and we're going to build this product and we're going to challenge an industry that hasn't been challenged in a very long time. So how many years into it are you now? It's about a year and a month now. It's about 13 months. We've done just about 11,000 pairs so far. And so, yeah, it's been great. We're opening our own manufacturing facility. I'm in, I'm actually in Turkey right now in Istanbul, opening a manufacturing facility. So it's been an explosive year. We're just about to hit that growth stage. So I'm really excited. Did you bootstrap this or are you bringing capital? We community, we crowdfunded. We had this huge group of people who were already giving us data and we were getting approached by kind of some more traditional capital sources, some pre-seed VCs and some different angel investors. And they were like, hey, like this is wild. But I didn't really, the they saw it a little bit more as that you can make a lot of money really fast this way. And so we thought, you know what? 
let's put the power in the hands of the people who are literally giving us this data and let's see if anyone wants to invest in this. And so we raised about 300 grand from community through WeFunder, just exclusively organically from TikTok. And I was like, you know what, this goes to show that we could probably sell this thing. And so far we've been, you know, completely community funded or funded by the founding team. And we're trying to keep it that way for as long as we can. I think it's really important part of the brand. Are you seeing by choosing the strategy or 13 months later, are you seeing it was the approach? Is it giving you that sustainable growth that you were looking for? Yeah, I'd say it, it's made a big difference. I think VC money would have been the wrong decision for us. Uh, it would have made things easier for sure. And we probably would have been able to spend our way out of some problems. But the reality is that the problems that we had early on actually really built our path forward. And without them, I don't think we would have the game plan that we have now. And so, yeah, you know what? I think it was the best thing that we could have done. We have this huge group of people who feel completely connected to everything that we do. And I love that. We're super grateful for all of them. And so, yeah, I would encourage a lot of founders who have a consumer-based product crowdfund if you can, because those investors, they become your best customers, your best sounding board, your best advice. And it's, it's a really special kind of experience. So is the plan always going to be focusing on jeans or are you going to expand to some other fashion lines eventually? So we're already working on basically head to toe fashion. The goal is to basically uh, take over the basics and the stable pieces in your closet. The things that you're willing to invest a little bit more money into to make sure that they last a really long time and that it's important that they fit you. And the big thing about fast fashion that's a problem for most people is sizing. You know, fast fashion size sets now, in some cases for a pair of pants, it's six sizes. And that just doesn't work for most people. If you ask any random person on the street, do you enjoy buying pants? Most people say, no, I hate buying pants. It's a horrible experience. They don't fit. I don't like them. They don't feel good, et cetera. And we thought that's awful. That's not how it should be. It's not that complicated. And we want to basically take that same experience into all of the staples in your closets, whether that be your jackets, whether that be your basics, make sure that we're giving you things that fit, that are built to last. And it's not three or four wares in, in the garbage. It's there for the next 10 years if you want it. So the goal is to be bring clothing back to the time when you were passing clothing down through generations, not trying to get rid of it between seasons. So if any of our listeners wanted to learn more, see they can repair themselves, get in touch, how could they do? So you can just head over to our website. It's slowjeans, S-L-O-jeans.co. Everything's there. My email's there. My TikTok's there. Feel free to reach out. Love hearing from people and love connecting with people. So everything's right there in one place. So guys, make sure to check it out. And thank you, Christian, for coming on the show and everybody for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. If you like the show, make sure to press that subscribe button and follow us. I'm your host, Chad Kalecki, and we'll see you next time.